interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. Clown Dog Showtime! Clap, clap! Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and welcome to another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in uh, somewhat rainy downtown Halifax. It's, um, the weather is not very wintry lately, but uh, maybe it'll turn back to that, maybe it won't. We'll find that out in about half an hour's time in the weather. But for now, let us take a look at what is going on, what is new over at lowbiasgaming.net. Um, and not very much, uh, pretty much just Jason's two uh, series right now, one new episode of Final Fantasy VII, as well as four new episodes of Vagrant Story. Uh, he is also still doing his um, 365 days of the Super Nintendo with the latest episode being RPM Racing, which I believe is something like Radical Psycho Machine. Uh, yes, that's what it is. and. Um, from what he said, it wasn't very good, but you can go check that out over on um, the YouTube page, uh, youtube.com slash lowbiasgaming, um, as well as my um, new videos. Uh, I think all of them are uh, up and available on um, the YouTube. Um, they will be made available on the website um, in short process. It's just a matter of getting all the um, thumbnails and banners ready for your perusal. Um, also, uh, Scarlet has not been posting videos, but he has been streaming. He just finished uh, Book of Demons, I think it was, uh, last night. Uh, pretty interesting game. Um, kind of Paper Diablo is the best way that I would describe that. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what we got going on. Oh, and some... Uh, as well as some more episodes of um, Mystery Science Theater and a soundtrack for Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Uh, so yeah, maybe there's not a whole lot going on as far as publishing videos on the site, but that doesn't mean we're not doing anything. It just means that you need to be paying attention more. <laughs> so um yeah that is what is going on and what is going on here is about to go on to some music and some archives it's gonna be a lot of fun and uh you're listening to square wave symphony on ckdu 88.1 fm halifax let's get that music going
You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was originally by Chris Graner, ported uh, to Nintendo by David Wise, and is uh, one of the songs from today's game from the archives. Pinbot dares you to survive. If you think arcade pinball is fun, wait till you try Video Pinbot. The Outer world sound effects and fast as light action will blow you away. Live action flippers move with lightning speed. Bumpers and shoots jet your ball across the galaxy. Pinbot himself growls out messages of doom daring you into battle. Flashing light and color in a me- menacing, menacing attempt to stun you into confusion. And just when you think you have it down, here comes another ball! A chance to earn bonus points, sure, but an extra challenge, too! Master that, and Pinbot tosses another evil shock. An unpredictable ball-gobbling monster that wants to end your turn now. It's the best of pinball action. It's Pinbot! Live-action pinball for one to four players. So yes, uh, if you can tell that was Pinbot... Uh, it is a pinball game for the Nintendo, developed, well, among other things, developed by Rare and uh, published by Nintendo and released in 1990. At least the Nintendo version was. Um, I did this for the Low Bias Monthly for March 2017, which uh, I had picked as pinball games. Um, I did an edition of the pinball, uh, the uh, NES pinball version, but also the Pinball Hall of Fame version. Uh, which I um, don't have details on right on hand. I suppose um, the website isn't really equipped to um, do multi-platform things like that, but um, hey, it's two videos. It's not too long. It should be a pretty fun time, so check it out at lowbiasgaming.net.
That was H. Pizzle with Jump Van Halen 8-Bit Remix. Uh, consider that your Van Halen Times Day song for the year. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And uh, speaking of weird, it is, of course, time for the news of the weird. And uh, as usual, I will mention that I am looking for something similar to news of the weird, but something different in that same sort of uh, digest format. If you know of anything... Uh, please let me know over on Twitter at SquareSim, S-Y-M. And uh, otherwise, I do not read these stories ahead of time, and some of these might not jive well with all audiences. This segment is about 15 minutes long or so, uh, 13 to 15. It kind of varies. Take that as you will. Our lead story for today, Hair of the Dog. In a whole new twist on stomach pumping, doctors in Quang Tri, Vietnam saved 48-year-old Nguyen Van Nat's life in um, January by transfusing 15 cans of beer into his stomach. As Dr. Lee Van Lam uh, explained to the Daily Mail, alcohol contains both methanol and ethanol, and the liver breaks down ethanol first. But after a person stops drinking, the stomach and intestines continue to release alcohol into the bloodstream even if the drinker has lost consciousness, and alcohol levels continue to rise. In Knott's case, upon arrival at the hospital, his blood methanol level was 1,119 times higher than the appropriate limit. Wow. Uh, doctors administered one can of beer every hour to slow down his metabolizing of methanol, which gave them time to perform dialysis. Not spent three weeks in the hospital before returning home. That, um... That was one heck of a bender. i tell you that much. It's kind of an example of fighting fire with fire, too. I mean, not every doctor would think of doing something like that. But hey, if it works... You just saved someone life, someone's life, buddy. And, um... This has got to kind of look back on it and smile, I suppose. Our next story, Names in the News. Your giggle for the week. During a January 17th... Well, hopefully you'll have more than one giggle this week, but... At least one. During a January 17th special program on ITV West Country in the United Kingdom about how police forces are suffering under budget cuts, a... Mm, excuse me, a certain officer interviewed for the show got more attention for his name than for his opinions about the budget. PC Rob Banks has undoubtedly heard clever remarks about his name all his life, reported Plymouth Live, but Twitter users from as far away as Australia found it newly hilarious. Rob Banks, ladies and gentlemen. Try the decaf, Rob Banks, um, and also this other person. Officers in Madison, Wisconsin were called to a home on January 20th by an unnamed 34-year-old male resident who went on a spree of destruction when he thought his wife had destroyed his prized collection of action figures. Seriously, bye? 
Madison Police Chief Mike Koval uh, wrote, and I think you've heard that name before. Um, that may or may not be a good thing. Wrote in his blog that officers arrived to uh, to find an axe buried in the windshield of a car. The man explained to them that he had overreacted, you think, and used the log splitting axe to chop up a TV, TV stand, laptop computer, and other items in the house before going outside to attack his car, chopping off both side mirrors and breaking out the windshield, reported WMTV. He admitted to officers that he had also been drinking too much and he was charged with disorderly conduct and felony damage to property. I mean, at least he was big enough to admit it, but at the same time, that's a little flying off the handle. Um, just action figures, bud. They're, they're, you can replace those, and even if you can't, what's the big deal? I know it's a big deal to some people, just... Yeah. The Entrepreneurial Spirit a 19-year-old man from Nice, France, has received a four-month suspended sentence for a clever plot he hatched in September. The man, known only as Adele, um, with no E, so, you know, male, removed a PlayStation 4, oh yes, removed the PlayStation 4 from a supermarket shelf on September 17th and took it to the produce aisle where he weighed it and printed out a price sticker for fruit. Then he used the self-checkout line to pay and left the store with a $389 piece of electronics for about $10. Adele sold the PlayStation for $114 to buy a train ticket. The next day, he tried the same scheme, but police caught him in the act. He'll only have to serve his, se his sentence if he reoffends, reported Kotaku.com. Yeah, I had seen that story before. It's, um... I mean, obviously dishonest, but that is clever. That is... Not everyone would think to do something like that, but, you know, please don't do something like that. That's... It's wrong. Plus, the PS5 is going to be coming out in, like, not long, I imagine. Anyway, our least competent criminals for the week. We have two of them. Oh, those pesky surveillance cameras. Alexander Goldinsky, 57, had a bright idea for collecting some cash, but it was just so 1990s. While working as an independent contractor at a Woodbridge, New Jersey business, Goldinsky scattered some ice on the floor in the company's kitchen area, then carefully arranged himself on the floor as if he had slipped and fallen, according to United Press International. Then, as the security cameras rolled, he waited to be discovered. He was arrested in January on charges of insurance fraud and theft by deception after the Middle, uh, Middlesex County Prosecutor's Office said Goldinski filed a false insurance claim for an ambulance ride and treatment at a local hospital. I, I can kind of understand the appeal of wanting to get yourself hurt to, cl to claim insurance, but one, that involves getting yourself hurt, and two, that involves insurance fraud. I would not recommend it. Our second least competent, competent criminal, uh, David Rodriguez, 28. For him, it was his disguise of choice that tripped him up as he robbed a 7-Eleven store in Fort Myers, Florida on February 2nd, according to, Lee, to the Lee County Sheriff's Office. Rodriguez donned a gray hoodie and wig before approaching the counter at the store, showing a gun and demanding cash, reported the Miami Herald. 
When officers arrived, they got a detailed description including the wig and, quote, additional witness information led them to a nearby apartment. Inside, they found Rodriguez and, quote, in plain view, a gray hooded sweater, several wigs, and a large amount of wadded up cash. Bingo! Rodriguez was charged with robbery with a firearm. I mean, maybe it's something that I'm missing here, but that kind of seems standard. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting jaded. A little world weary for my time. I don't know. Anyway, how about some inexplicable things? Like, for instance, this. Um, and the next thing, too. For UNC Greensboro student Maddie, no last name provided, there was a, there was really was a monster in the closet, or at least a guy named Drew, probably not Carrie. Um, after returning to her apartment on February 2nd, Maddie heard strange noises coming from her closet. She put her hand on the door and said, who's in there? My name is Drew, answered the intruder, according to WFMY TV. Maddie continued talking with him, and when she opened the door, Drew was sitting on the floor of the closet dressed in her clothing. He also had a bag full of her clothes, shoes, and socks. Andrew Clyde Swufford, uh, 30, begged her not to call police, and she chatted with him for another 10 minutes. Everything about his life and basically how he got in my closet, she said. Swafford uh, left when Maddie's boyfriend arrived and police caught up with him at a nearby gas station where he was arrested for misdemeanor breaking and entering. Maddie told reporters she thinks Swafford has been in her apartment before. We always joke that there is a ghost in there because I've been missing clothes since I've been living here. She signed a lease for a new apartment a few days later. Hopefully with a little better security to it. Something else inexplicable, here it is. Uh, Sharisha Morrison of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and her neighbors have been the recipients since January 1st of an odd gift. Plastic grocery bags with slices of bread and bologna inside, delivered by an unknown man. At first, Morrison told KOB-TV uh, she thought the food deliveries were acts of kindness until she opened the bag and smelled the contents. It smelled like urine, she said. Morrison said that she can watch the man on her surveillance camera. He'll just walk up and drop it on the little doorknob and walk away, she said. I just wanted to stop. Police have told her they can't do anything unless they catch him in the act. This, um... An interesting step away from, um... The whole idea of, um putting poop in a bag and lighting that on fire. Instead, we put a perfectly serviceable lunch in the bag except that someone peed on it. Um, I suppose that makes it not so serviceable. But um, there you go. At, at least they're being original, but at the same time, don't do that. The way the world works, ladies and gentlemen. Um, residents of the small town of Hilgermissen in northwest Germany voted decisively on February 3rd against naming the community streets. Currently, addresses are a house number and the name of one of the former villages that combined to, to create Hilgermissen in the 1970s, reported the Associated Press. 
Officials had hoped that street names would ease the jobs of emergency services and delivery drivers, but 60% of the 2,200 citizens rejected the council's plan. The recent result will be binding for two years. After which, I imagine they'll have another vote and they'll probably pass because... I don't know. The, the world is flippant in that way sometimes. What are you gonna do? And uh, our last story, Thieving with Style, got through this um, real fast today. The BP gas station in Swansea, South Carolina was the setting for a reprise of at least one iconic moment from 1984's The Karate Kid, according to Fox News. On January 26th, as surveillance cameras looked on, an unidentified man struck Mr. Miyagi's signature crane technique pose twice before stealing a purse from a parked car nearby. The Swansea Police Department posted the video to his Facebook page and with the public's health, uh, health, help, officers, help me, listeners, help me. With the public's help, officers were able to identify the man and issue warrants for his arrest. Wax on, wax off. What else can you say? Well, I know what I can say. Here's the weather. Um, yes. So currently we're looking at a light rain shower and four degrees above zero. Uh, periods of rain or drizzle ending this evening, then partly cloudy with 30% chance of flurries. Uh, fog patches dissipating this evening. Rainfall amount about 5 millimeters. Wind southwest 30 kilometers an hour gusting to 50, becoming west 40 gusting to 60 after midnight, low minus 6, and wind chill minus 18 overnight. Saturday, February 9th, a chance of flurries, uh, 60%, and a high of plus 7, which is an abnormal temperature trend. Trend? What's also an abnormal trend is I have a trend of not saying words correctly. Um, going down to a low of minus 9 and a few clouds at night. Uh, Sunday, February 10th, a 30% chance of flurries and a high of plus 4, going down to a chilly low of minus 14 and cloudy periods at night. Uh, Monday, February 11th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of minus 7, going down to a low of minus 12 and clear at night. Sunny skies on Tuesday, February 12th, uh, with a high of 3, going down to a low of 9 and high of minus three rather and going down to a low of minus nine and periods of snow at night wednesday february 13th uh, snow and a high of minus two going down to a low of minus six and flurries at night and on thursday february 14th van halentine's day as i like to call it a mix of sun and cloud and a high of minus two degrees you're listening to square wave symphony on ckdu 88.1 fm halifax and let's get some more music going.
And that was Robot Airport Level for, uh, from Jeff the World uh, from his album Chiptune Remastered. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And uh, I think it is time to uh, take a little bit of a dip in uh, computer and video game history. Let's take a look back um, at the um, this uh, today and the coming week in video game history, shall we? All right. Um, so today, as far as uh, computer history, Texas Instruments cuts the dealer price on the TI-994A, dropping the retail price to under $150, which was kind of an important thing back in those days, trying to get um, PCs into more houses and more affordable. Even if the TI-99 didn't really catch on, it still is um, added heat to the ones that eventually did. Also, 1999 Free PC announces that it will give away a free compact computer to 10,000 applicants willing to sacrifice a part of the screen's viewing area to advertising. Well, I'm not going to say that um, I've never participated in voluntary adware. Um, I was kind of a naive and dumb kid, and I um, did end up doing things like that, but... Um, big on the idea of uh, having it kind of forced and I imagine it wouldn't really be all that hard to get rid of that anyway so you know video game history Walter Day in 1982 releases the first Twin Galaxies national scoreboard to the public recording video game high scores and of course Twin Galaxies is still a thing if you go to twingalaxies.com um, you can check out all sorts of records and they still have the uh, rather stringent uh, judging process whereby you have to show the console that you're playing as well as the entire run. You can't emulate it unless it's seriously the only way to do it type of thing. Um, also in 1982, Council of Bradley, Illinois bars children under 16 from playing video arcade games. I wonder how long that lasted. I'm guessing not very long. Uh, in 1998, the official video game uh, and Pinball Book of World Records is published. I don't know why Pinball is separate there. I guess it's not technically a video game, but 984 pages, including records since 1981. That is quite the record of records. Yes, I just said that. That's a not really clever thing that I said. A uh, year later, in 1999, Nintendo releases the Mario Party video game for the Nintendo 64 in the U.S., which is, of course, a franchise that is still going on today, with Super Mario Party having come out for the Switch not too long ago. And a year later, CBS Television airs the Judging Amy TV show in the USA. A Nintendo 64 is being played without a cartridge plugged in. I mean, I can understand not wanting to advertise a specific game, but you, you already have the advertisement in front of you. Why not just plug a game in and put in a fake label or something? I don't know. 
Uh, let's see. February 9th. Oh, there's a lot that happened on February 9th. I might not uh, go through all of this. But um, among other things, um, 1994 Electronic Arts and Broadband Software announced a proposed merger in a stock swap valued at U.S. $408 million. Uh, Broadband, of course, uh, most probably most famous for bringing us the Carmen San Diego games. Um, 1997, the Fox Broadcasting Company airs the Simpsons TV show in the U.S. A personal computer appears with system unit under CRT monitor and separate keyboard and mouse. I'm wondering if that's... That must be the Mr. X episode, wouldn't it? I, I would have to look it up, but that's my best guess right there. Um, in video games, let's take a look here. What's particularly standing out here? How about this? In 1983, Atari announces the My First Computer keyboard component for the Atari 2600 game system to turn it into a home computer. It features 8 kilobytes of RAM, expandable to 32, and the system is to be shipped after September for under uh, 90 US dollars. I don't know how I would feel about the Atari being a computer system, but um, it wasn't an uncommon thing back in those days, honestly, where you had uh, com uh, like video game systems that were being more or less sold as computer systems and could be used as such. I mean, look at the Commodore 64. That That's pretty much the most blatant example. You can make your own games, sure, uh, in basic, um, but you really got the you, you didn't get the thing for just writing your own basic programs. You probably had a couple of either cartridges or tapes or something. I didn't, but um, I I did have um, I do remember having an Intellivision growing up, so that was kind of interesting. Um, in personal computer history on February tenth. Um, another mention of The Simpsons in 2002. Um, on a standard looking PC keyboard, the only key labeled is send instead of enter because The Simpsons. That's the thing that they do. Um, hmm. Texas Instruments in 1983 filed a lawsuit in federal district court in Houston, Texas against compact computer and 10 officers and employees claiming theft of trade of uh, trade secrets and patent infringement ooh um not that's kind of the the time where people were kind of trying to um more or less break the formula um one show that kind of chronicles uh things like this like, the show, of course, is not a uh, fact. It's entirely fiction. But um, I would recommend that you go take a look for um, Halt and Catch Fire. I think it's on Netflix. I'm not sure. But um, that show basically is about someone trying to break the IBM BIOS, trying to make it more efficient, and trying to make it into a portable computer. Um, so yeah, that's kind of worth a watch, I do believe. Um, in video game history in Japan in 1988, uh, Enix releases the Dragon Quest III video game for the Famicom, and of course that series is also still going strong today. 
Uh, Nintendo in 1994 announces that it will not release a CD-based video game system but will continue to use cartridges for its next generation system. And pretty much we all know the story by now that um, the PlayStation used to be a uh, peripheral more or less for the Super Nintendo until Super Nintendo uh, until Nintendo rather decided now we're not doing this. So they went off and made their own system which um, I believe came out in 1994. I am actually going to have to look this up because I I did look it up previously but um, yeah. Uh, 3rd of December 1994 is when it was released in Japan. Um, so imagine that. Um, in mid-1994, the uh, Nintendo decides their next system, which is to be released in 1997, um, would not feature CDs. And then Sony comes out with the PlayStation 1. Well, the PlayStation at the time, the 1 came out afterward. But, um, yeah, I guess that's how the story goes. Uh, February 11th in personal computer history. Um, 1985, Texas Instruments begins uh, volume production of 256 kilobit DRAM chips. So kind of advancing the line a little bit. In 2000, Advanced Micro Devices, also known as AMD, introduces the 850 MHz Athlon processor. Priced at $849. Um, in thousand unit quantities, so processors used to be a lot more expensive. Um, I mean, some of the higher end processors still are, but um, there is a lot of Simpsons in this. Like in 2007, a laptop computer is used for writing and story in the sense, who cares? I mean, I know that The Simpsons doesn't feature computers all that often, but you don't need to mention every single time. I've looked at th uh, four pages so far, and three of them, um, three of them had something about The Simpsons on it. In fact, they're also in the video game history. In 1990, around the time that The Simpsons started, the Fox Broadcasting Company airs a Simpsons TV show. Two characters play a boxing home video game Super Slugfest on the TV using single button joysticks. One character goes to the arcade to practice on the arcade ver- That's Homer did that. But if you're gonna have that story, put the full story, my goodness. I, I don't know, this, this history thing is uh, starting to infuriate me and I don't know how I feel about that. Um... So maybe we should just kind of leave off after this page. I don't know. Um, let's see what else we can find here that's particularly of note. Not much on February 11th. Let's go check out the 12th. Personal computer history on February 12th. Squat all. Um, for video game history, Oh, here's an interesting one. 1967, Ralph Baer and Bill Harrison begin work on TV Game Unit 2 to continue developing ideas for a video game system. Of course, TV Game Unit 1 being Pong, um, and uh, TV Game Unit 2, I forget, hmm. Yes, looking up things while I'm, you know, doing my show. That's an awesome idea. 
Not TV game unit number one. TV game unit number two. Tell me about it. I want to know. My listeners want to know. Um, so this was apparently known as the pump unit. Um, and what did it have? Interesting. Uh, the games would appear on either TV channel 3 or 4, which he called channel LP. And it means exactly what you think it does. Let's play. Um, so yeah, I maybe I should have looked up more about TV game unit number 2 before starting, but I didn't actually look at all of these. Um, that's kind of an interesting point in history. Um, trying to developed the uh, direction that video games were um, were to go in the future. And 2007 is when Microsoft launches the Xbox Live Rewards program. Um, I guess that kind of started a trend. Sony, uh, Sony started doing it not too long after that, I imagine. And then Nintendo started doing that uh, last year. They were a bit late to the party, and quite frankly, I kind of appreciated it, but um, I suppose Nintendo Switch Online was bound to happen at some point. Anyway, um, that's where I'll leave it off for now. Um, I've been going for 13 minutes, wow. So, um, yeah, let's get to some more music here, and I hope you enjoyed this little uh, slice of personal computer and video game history. And that you can find on thisdayinhistoryinfo.info. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
That was Noah Aman with the Planet X3 uh, official soundtrack. That song was Fight for the Future ad-lib version. We're also going to hear ad-lib on the radio. Am I right? Right? Yes, I'm right. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And I found a thing. Yes, I have found a thing, and I will share that thing with you in a segment that I like to call it, maybe you like to call as well, I found a thing. If you don't like to call it, well, it's not your show. It's my show. It's the Tom Green Show. No, this is not the Tom Green Show. What am I talking about? Anyway, uh, this thing that I found is uh, some more things over at the cutting room floor at tcrf.net. Uh, where you can find all sorts of uh, things that quite didn't quite make it into the game, or maybe they are in the game and no one knows about them. But in any case, uh, they have been revealed in this place, and um, I decided to go through and um, let's check out a few hidden messages in these games. I might I might have looked at some of these games previously, but. Um, I think it's still fun to just kind of take a look once in a while and see what we can find. Starting with Cookie Clicker. Yes, anyone remember that game? Is that still a thing? I don't even know. But um, back in the days, um, Cookie Clicker, well nowadays let's say, Cookie Clicker currently uses local storage as do most um, browser-based games these days, but it's a little bit of an irony at uh, the method they were using. And that's pointed out in the uh, comments in the code. Guess what we're using to save the game? That's right, we're using cookies. Yeah, I went there. We store in disk for five years, people. Mmm, stale cookies. However, as of the Valentine's Day update, the game's progress is now saved in local storage. And because of this, part of the text was removed and a new set of comments were added. So we used to, to save the game using browser cookies, which was really neat just considering the game's name. We're using local storage now, which is more efficient, but not as cool. A moment of silence for our fallen puns. Mm. And uh, also, um, let's take a, a look at another one here. Ruin the fun is, is a function that cannot be accessed without cheating. The code for this function contains a comment. Boo. I mean, you are ruining the fun after all. And grandma updates. In version 1.0375, the code contains some strange comments between the lines of code for each grandma update. The comments were removed in the following update for unknown reason. When the comments are isolated from the rest of the code, it looks like this. Farmer grandmas, I remember the first time I saw her amidst the cookie crops. Worker grandmas, her eyes uh, like a burning furnace, my heart like a racing engine. Minor grandmas. It was as she could pierce through me, burrow at my deepest, cosmic grandmas. In that moment, the universe felt empty, save for just her and me, transmuted grandmas. I could feel it growing in me, changing me, making me something else, something better, altered grandmas. There was no way she was of this world. Her very mind was alien, pervasive, a distortion of the real thing, grandmas, grandmas. Yes. She was not what I had first assumed. She was from another time, another eon altogether. Anti-grandmas. And with her hair sparkling like starlight, she whispered something. 
What did she whisper? The world will never know. Uh, back in the day of um, very old computer games, uh, such as, let's say, the Amiga, um, pri uh, piracy used to be kind of a um, big thing and kind of a deal breaker. I mean, piracy is still a thing today, but it definitely meant a lot more, had a bigger effect back in those days. So uh, when the programmers for Dragon's Lair got um, to about... Um, about the point of completing the game, they added a bit of a message on the first disc of the game. A message to crackers. Nobody wants copy protection. All it is designed to do is give a program a fighting chance. Now we realize that there is a great competi competition to see which group breaks this game first. However, if you do break it, please consider this. If you let this game out early after release and there are a few sales, it will be very difficult to justify follow-up games of this type. Nobody benefits, not the developers, not the users, and not the Amiga community. Please reconsider holding on for a while and not letting this game suffer. The decision is yours. Note, note that it didn't mention much about um, releasing the uh, cracked game after the actual game is out. I mean, I, I suppose that's kind of the, the important thing about setting up the foothold, right? Um, let's take a look at Jazz Jackrabbit. There are a couple of hidden messages there which mm, yeah, I might not mention out loud because they're not very polite. But um, there are some hidden messages outside of the level's boundaries in some cases with um, some of the tamest ones being um, in one map here. The word loser just, uh, just repeated over and over and over again. Uh, on another map you have Tim is a dork, of course, referring to Tim Sweeney, the producer of the game and current president and CEO of Epic Mega Games. And among other messages include suction of certain places and actions to perform on lamers. And let's leave it at that. If you want more information, if you're not picking up on this, then I suppose you can... Um, Go check it out yourself, tcrf.net. It is not the 90s, but there is time for clacks, and I will um, take a bit of a moment here. Uh, there's actually a hidden uh, fictional history of clacks, um, and I'll just read the first paragraph here. Clacks, or claxing, as, they, as it was originally known, began on the boardwalks of seaside res uh, resort towns in New Jersey and quickly spread up and down the eastern seaboard. Although some trace its roots back to colonial days, it is far more likely that it started during the, he the heady days of the Gilded Age, roughly 1870 to 1899. And it just kind of goes off the rails from there. Um, and also, since, uh, since the, the day that people refer to as Valentine's Day is coming up, here's a little bit of a romantic message. Um, there is a password that you can enter which um, will result in um, a minigame pop-up coming up. But after that, uh, there is a, a picture that comes up which looks like it was either digitized or possibly taken on a Game Boy camera, I don't know. That says, Mickey, will you marry me? Mm, how nice. And the last one that I'm going to look at here is Pictionary for the Nintendo. Um, 
remember back in the day where games basically didn't have um, credit sequences? Um, well, some people still want to be known for what they did, so... Um, this along with other software creation games such as, such as Sky Shark, Target Renegade, Fast Break, uh, Fast Break, Terminator 2, and Treasure Master um, hid, hid um, credits in the game and this game in particular was Pictionary with pretty great music to it. Just, just take a listen at some point to the um, theme song for uh, the NES Pictionary game. It's kind of amazing. But uh, yeah, you can also find the credits in the ROM data. And um, I don't blame them. Was, um, back in these days where people didn't want um, other companies to go poaching um, their main players. So, you know. Still, some, some people just still wanted that recognition and they got it. One way or another. Anyway. Uh, that's what I got here from uh, the cutting room floor for today. And uh, once again, that's tcrf.net. I'm sure I haven't mentioned that enough times. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's worth going to take a look. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
that was Invasion by Rush Jet Run. Oh, Rush, Rush Jet One. There we go. From his album Adventures of the 2A03, which is the sound processor for the Nintendo. And that will be about it for today's episode of Square Wave Symphony. I hope that you enjoyed it, and um, I certainly enjoyed making it for you. If um, you do have any feedback, please let me know, and methods of letting me know will be um, made available to you in just a few seconds' time as I read the thing that I always do to close off the hour. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by Format, Madame Namiki, Noriyuki Kamikura, Simon Woodington, Pink Projects, and Ensnare. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by the Witching Hour at 7pm and at 8.30, anything goes with CKDU Surprise. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim or just search for Square Wave Symphony, Square Wave is one word, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio or wherever you find your podcasts. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio if you don't know, and I'll see you guys next time.